Welcome back to the Potentially Podcast. We are your co-hosts, Lindsay and Isabel, and we have some exciting news to tell you today. Yes, the exciting news is that me and my husband, Nick, are expecting our first child. We're pretty excited about it. (laughs) (laughs) I was so excited when Isabel told um, the family. She told the family, like, right after she found out because she couldn't keep it a secret at all. And so it was super exciting news. We knew that she was planning on trying to get pregnant, but it happened really quickly you know, luckily. And so it's really, really exciting. Yeah, I could not contain my excitement. I took that pregnancy test and showed Nick like two seconds after the result. Then I was texting my sisters like instantly. (laughs) And I waited a little bit longer to tell my parents because they've really been wanting a grandkid. And I just wanted to, I don't know make sure. So I took another test just to be sure before I got them excited about it. And then just recently on Friday, right? Friday, Isabel went to the doctor and it was her 12-week appointment. And so she's now in her second trimester. So we thought we could share the good news with all of you guys now that it's in the second trimester. And we're so excited and we wanted to talk a little bit about it this episode, but obviously we didn't want to just talk about how excited we were for the whole podcast. But we really wanted to talk about what you need to think about financially when you're going into having a baby and how can you do that responsibly and make yourself feel a little bit better because your life is going to change so much after you have a child. There's going to be so many new responsibilities that you have and so many new expenses that you never had before. And so we wanted to talk about some things that Isabel has been doing to prep for that to make sure that she is ready to go. Right. So we knew we were planning on having a kid like months ago. So I already had started prepping a little bit with buying our new car because I kind of had a older rinky dink car I wanted a safer family car so I bought that when was that I I think in like January January February we bought our new car so I wanted to do that before I even got pregnant to start trying to pay that down and right now it's the only debt we have and we're working hard to pay that down and we should have it paid off only a few months after the baby's born. So you can never really be financially ready for a baby, but it'd be good to start just trying to bring down your debt amount or at least getting on top of all the bills you have. I think everyone is obviously in different spots in their life when they go to have a baby. And so Isabel was in a pretty good spot in the sense that she really only has this car as her debt. And so she was able to you know upgrade from a smaller car to a more family-sized car and she's going to be able to pay it off really quickly and you know we we promote on the podcast trying to get to buying things up front and Isabel didn't quite have the money to buy it up front but she knew that she had it planned out that she'd be able to pay it off really quickly so she decided she wanted to you know kind of get ready for that and have it for when the baby was here and so I think whatever stage you're at even if it's not the stage where you can buy a new car because your debt is still too high. I think that's fine. You just have to look at whatever stage you're in, figure out how you can best make yourself financially sound before the baby gets here. So if that means you can get your debt paid off before the baby gets here, that's great. If that just means getting current on everything and make sure you're not spending anything unnecessarily anymore and you're just keeping up with your bills, whatever it is, I just think it's important to start kind of like taking stock of where you're at and make sure that you're just ready to go for this big life change. Yeah, it's a lot to think about, you know, When you hear about having kids, everyone just talks about how expensive it's going to be. And another big worry for a lot of people is the hospital bills. I personally don't have to worry about this very much because I have really good health care. But I've heard that 
these bills can be really, really high. So you need to just at least mentally prepare yourself for the fact that you're going to have a big medical bill coming up. Well, I would say is that you want to look at your yearly deductible because you're probably going to hit that for when you go to have the baby. Whatever that yearly deductible it is, let's say it's five, $6,000, whatever it is. I don't know, maybe yours is more, maybe it's less. Whatever it is, you should look at that and you should start saving. You should divide it over the nine, 10 months, you know, leading up to the baby and you should start saving up for that. Um, I think that instead of of kind of dealing with the medical bills after the fact, you should start preparing for that because it'll be a lot easier on you. You can enjoy the experience more. It won't be a big stress. It won't be something hanging over your head after the baby's born. You're going to have a lot of new expenses that go with the baby after they're born. So if you can get the stuff that kind of happens before they're born taken care of, then I think it's going to be a big stress relief off of you. And so what I... What I was discussing with Isabel earlier is that what you should do is you should look at your medical bills and your maternity leave coming up. However much maternity or paternity leave you're planning to take with your husband, you should kind of figure that out because if you want to go back to work fairly quickly, that's fine. If you want to take, you know, the full 12 weeks, you have to kind of plan for that because most people don't have paid maternity leave. So you're going to want to start saving up money for that now. Yeah, that's a really big one. I know some people take just six weeks and go right back because they usually take six weeks or so to heal, I think, just from the birth and everything, um, which is totally fine if that's what you have to do. But if you want to take more, you really need to think about saving for that. Some companies, though, are really nice and will pay for that for you. Right. And... If one of the parents is not planning on going back to work, if they're going to be a stay-at-home parent, you kind of need to get that in your head before you have a kid too. Because if you're going to be going down to one income, then you've got a lot of planning to do. You got to make sure that your expenses are obviously all covered by the one person's salary. So it's not just the maternity leave or paternity leave. It's really deciding kind of how your family is going to run after you have a kid. And if both of you want to go back to work, that's completely fine. But then you got to look into things like childcare. So childcare is going to be an added expense um, around us. It seems like the average is about $1,000 a month. I don't know what it is around you, Isabel. Have you looked into that? I don't know. I haven't really looked into it much yet because there is childcare on my base, which I know is a little bit cheaper because they kind of charge you, I think, based off how much money you make. But I haven't been able to go there because everything's closed with the coronavirus. <laughs> so I'm just waiting for everything to reopen to debate whether I can do that or if I'm going to do something like a nanny to try to just price compare for that because I do have to go back to work. I know for some families, it makes more sense for one of them to just not go back to work because it doesn't even equal out with how much money they make. But for you, that's not really the case. And plus, you really like your job. So you've always said that you weren't really wanting to be a stay-at-home mom because you just enjoy what you do and you really um, like being able to do that every day. Yeah, I think it would be hard for me. I like to feel like I'm contributing to the family and if I stay at home too much, I kind of lose motivation, to be honest. That might not happen when you have a kid to chase after, but I don't know. For me, I feel like my mental health and everything, it'll just be better if I keep working. Yeah, I think there's definitely specific personalities that work better for being working mom or stay-at-home moms. I've thought about in the past maybe being a stay-at-home mom. I'm not really sure if that's what I'm going to want to do or not, but I've toyed around with the idea. Our mom was a stay-at-home mom for a lot um, of our childhood. She went back to work when we were older, but I think both can work out just fine. You just have to make sure that whatever situation 
works for your family and as long as you're prioritizing your family then it's going to work out in the end either way um but for isabel she's always wanted to go back to work so she definitely needs to look at the child care so i think getting your debt in line your bills in line looking at your maternity leave the child care all of that is stuff that you can really really do leading up to the baby being born and you have this you know nine ten months because the I know everyone says nine months, but it's a little bit over nine months, right? With it's like forty weeks. Yeah, usually. it's more than nine months. Yeah, you might have the baby early, and it'll just be nine months. But right, a full, right. Yeah, a full um term is actually forty weeks, correct? If you say so. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not hundred percent sure. <laughs> I just know my due date. <laughs> Okay, we think it's 40 weeks. We're pretty sure. So yeah, all that stuff you can do leading up to the birth. And I think you'll feel just so much less stressed out and just feel so relieved if you can really get that under control. And if you're in the spot where I am right now, where we're still a couple years out from wanting to start our family, that's something that Jacob and I really look at a lot is, okay, how can we make sure we're best prepared for when we do start our family because we know it's going to be such a big change to how we do things. Yeah, that's so true. It's not even just the finances. It's kind of just the fact that you have to think about somebody else kind of ahead of yourself because everything for your kid is so important. Right, especially when they're young. They really can't do anything for themselves, obviously. So you're spending a lot of time and energy on just something that you normally don't have to do. And it can be something as little as, okay, well, you're probably not sleeping in anymore. That's probably out the window. (laughs) Probably not getting that much sleep. So everything, you know, you're a little more tired, a little more cranky. So it just, it leaves you less time to do things. So I think if you can try to take as many stressors away because you know you're going to be stressed with a new baby in the household and not getting that much sleep and going through this new thing with your spouse and trying to figure out how you and your spouse are going to be parents now and not just husband and wife, how you're going to transform and do parents and how that's going to change your relationship and there's there's all these things that put stress on a marriage and so if you can take the financial stress away from your marriage I think that that's one of the biggest gifts you could give yourself I agree and we've been looking at all that stuff already because I'm someone who stresses out easily about finances this baby's not coming for like six months but we have already started figuring everything out I started my registry like the second week I knew about the pregnancy I just like to do everything ahead of time get it done yeah I'm with you on that I like I like to be very ahead and think way too far in the future sometimes it's it's a little over the top but for a baby I don't know if you can really be over the top with thinking for the future I think any amount of planning is a good amount of planning and we started planning Isabel's baby shower as well just because that's a super fun thing to do and it's going to be kind of earlier than most people probably have their baby showers anyways because Isabel can only come home at certain times of the year because she has to get leave and all that kind of stuff so it was important to us to make sure we could schedule that so it's going to be a little bit earlier so it's probably a good thing that she was registering early too yeah the registry process oof so a lot of work you have so many things to think about I had to go to my mom for advice on what I should put on there but really while making it I realized how expensive some of these items are that you need and it's just ridiculous like a stroller costing hundreds and hundreds of dollars I don't need that I, I've tried to be really observant of the prices of everything I put on my registry 
because I appreciate the kindness of people buying me stuff off there, but I'm not trying to make them break the bank for me over something I could have gotten a little bit cheaper. I mean, I'm getting good quality of everything, but I just want to be aware of that, especially since if something breaks or you need a multiple of something, you're going to be buying it yourself. So I would not put anything on my registry that I'm not willing to pay for myself. That's a really good point. And whether it's somebody buying it off your registry or you're buying it yourself, I think we can all agree that there are a lot of unnecessary little gadgets that I think you try to get sold as a new parent that, oh, you have to have this. You have to have this. Like your baby won't survive unless you get this specific little, you know, tool that this company invented that's another $55 or whatever it is. So I think the important thing is when you're going through your registry is just really thinking about whether it's going to work for you and your lifestyle and making sure that you really, really think about how you're going to use all of this stuff so that way you're just not throwing away money. And obviously there's going to be stuff that you think is really cool and you want to get and that's fine because it's an exciting time and it's exciting to have a baby and get to buy new stuff for it. But if you're in a tight budget situation and you don't have all the money in the world, I think there's a lot of unnecessary spending that happens when people get pregnant because they're just so excited. So they kind of let their emotions take over. They want to get the newest thing and that's just not always necessary. Now, obviously if you have the money, go for it, buy whatever you want. But if you don't, I think it's important to look and see if you're actually going to use what it is you're putting on your registry. I agree. I did not put that many extra things on mine, like little gadgets or anything. I kind of just have the basics and, you know, they try to sell you on like all these little bouncer chairs and swings. And in my mind, I was like, I don't really want that all over my house, first of all, but second, I'm going to have to move in like three years and I don't want to have to pack all that up. So... I was like, I'm good on that and it helps the budget as well, not having to spend money on it. I've watched a lot of YouTube videos that like kind of review a lot of the baby products. I'm just kind of doing some research for Isabel and I've noticed that a lot of them say they get a lot of like, because there's a lot of different things that you can get for the baby to sit in, whether it's a swing or a bouncer or whatever. And it seems like the baby ends up having a favorite anyways and just kind of uses one of those things and doesn't really like the other one quite as much. I think sometimes when when you buy a lot of different multiples, maybe it doesn't work or it doesn't work for different ages. Like maybe they're going to need it as they get a little bit older, but you don't necessarily need to get everything all at once. You can kind of spread out that spending a little bit too. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I didn't even know about that. They usually pick a favorite. My kid's just going to have a favorite because they only have one option. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't have my own experience with this, but it just seems like a lot of the YouTubers that were reviewing different products ended up saying like their kid just kind of gravitated towards one over the other ones. I don't know why, but so maybe if you're only giving the kid one option, <laughs> they'll have no choice but to gravitate towards that option anyways. But it's not just the seats, like they sell you all kinds of different stuff to go with it. And you know, whether it's just the millions of different types of swaddles you could get or the types of carriers or the types of bassinets, I'm sure it seems a little bit overwhelming. So instead of feeling like you need to get every single type of something. You could just get one of something for a while, try it out, make sure your baby likes it, and then you can worry about getting more later too. You could also spread it out like that instead of getting everything all at once before the baby's here and then your baby doesn't like whatever it is you bought and now you've kind of wasted money on it. Yeah, another thing that we're doing to try to save money is just getting hand-me-downs. One of our cousins has a kid who's two now. I think she's two. And 
Um, she's offered me a bunch of hand-me-downs because she's not planning on having any more kids. So that's really nice if you have people in your life who are just trying to get rid of things uh, because I'm all about hand-me-downs. If I don't have to pay for something, I don't want to. I really don't care if my kid has like clothes that aren't the newest style or the coolest thing. They're going to grow out of them really fast in my opinion anyway, so I don't really see the point in spending a lot of money on that. This is the thing where I differ with Isabel that I'm excited to buy cute clothes for my kids when I do have kids, but obviously if I'm still not in a financial place to do that, then hand-me-downs are perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with them. I just like buying little kid clothes, so if I can spend money on it, that's probably somewhere where I would choose to spend my money on, but obviously nothing wrong with hand-me-downs it's a great way to save a lot of money they do grow out of them really quickly um so you're definitely saving money and then also isabel is planning on breastfeeding so if she breastfeeds she should be saving quite a bit of money on formula which will be nice yeah that's the plan i know it doesn't work out for everybody but we're i'm gonna try my hardest to make breastfeeding work because it's just natural. Seems like what you should do and I don't have to spend money on formula, so. Yep, that's the best part is you don't have to spend any money on formula, which I know can get pretty expensive and I've been to the store before when with friends or with our cousin that Isabel was talking about a little bit ago that has the kid and you see how expensive formula is and you're like, whew, that is one expensive meal for the baby. So obviously if you can save a little money by breastfeeding, I think that is a great route to try. Yeah, I'll do anything to save a little bit of money. I'm super frugal, so I know this is gonna hit me hard with all the expenses that come with kids, but we'll get through it. You know, no matter how much money you have, every parent makes it work and gets their kids everything they need, so I'm sure it will be fine. I just... I'm always worried about the financial side of things. And I think it makes sense to be worried about it because if you're worried about it ahead of time, that means you can plan for it. And if you're planning for it, that means that you're going to figure something out before it's last minute and you're just going with the flow and that's going to save you a lot of stress. Obviously, it doesn't really matter what financial situation you're in, you're going to figure out a way to be able to take care of your kids. And it just means that you're going to have to look at what you might have to cut out of other areas of your life as well. So if you need a little bit more money for childcare, well, then you might have to cut out some of your going out budget or whatever it is. So you're just gonna have to look at how you're gonna balance your new budget because this is obviously a really big new part of that budget. And I'm just, I'm so excited to meet my niece or nephew. We don't know the gender yet. I can't wait to find out what it's going to be. I'm so excited. Isabel's hoping for a girl, but we'll see. I'm hoping for a girl. Nick's hoping for a boy. I'll be okay with either as long as, you know, they're healthy and happy. But I just think it'd be so fun to have a little girl to just hang out with, dress up in a cute dress, you know. We have all... I have only sisters and we have a lot of girl cousins. So I'm just like, I don't have a lot of experience with like the boys. Yeah, we're all kind of rooting for it to be a girl, um, except for Nick, which is fine. <laughs> but yeah, we'll be happy with it either way. Obviously, we're just excited for a new baby. Yeah, so we're super excited for all the upcoming changes in our life. And we hope you guys enjoyed this episode, hearing a little bit about what we're trying to do to save for a baby. And if you guys have any ideas of how to to do that let me know because I would love any suggestions you can leave us a comment on our Instagram or Facebook at live potentially and we hope to see you guys on the next episode <laughs>